This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. I'm not sure you're aware of this, but NC State is headed to Clemson to play the Tigers. I have not heard that. It it does feel like a big game to me. I could be wrong. Feels like a big game. I know we have multiple conversations about this tomorrow. We have been sprinkling it in all week. Uh, part of part of me wonders if uh, if state fans are just like, please get it. Just let, let's play the game already. It, it, this I said it on Monday. Going to be a long week. Still have two full days. Now the rest of today, one o'clock. We ain't done yet. We ain't done today. All day tomorrow, and then you got all day Saturday because it's a primetime game. By the way, really good weekend of ACC football with Wake playing at Florida State at 3.30 in front of the Wolfpack and Tigers at 7.30. Both games nationally televised on ABC. All right, we do this. It is a listener choice. This is simply a poll question today. Yesterday... Aaron Judge in Toronto tied Roger Maris for the American League home run record, single season home run record, with 61. He missed by a day, by a game, of going past Babe Ruth, maybe it was two games, going past Babe Ruth because Ruth did his 60 in 154 game schedule. Worth pointing out. Because Maris who nobody wanted to break Root's record, did it in the final game of the season that year, and there was a there was been an asterisk because 162-game season versus 154-game season. With that said, assuming that Judge hits one more home run, which would give him 62 and put him ahead of Maris, he will have the American League single-season home run record of 62. Nobody's hit more than that. We have had 60 home run seasons before. We had McGuire hit 70 and Sosa hit 66 in 1998. Barry Bonds has the record of 73 in 2001. So I asked, had Victoria ask, and I retweeted the question. Assuming Judge does this. Who is the home run king for a single season? Is it Barry Bonds, 73, Aaron Judge with would-be 62 or more? 919-860-5326. We do have Twitter responses uh, that I will get to. All right. I know this is going to sound too simplistic, and there is a larger conversation to be had with the impact of performance-enhancing drugs in the sport. And there's also nuance within performance-enhancing drugs because, as a lot of people will point out, amphetamines were a thing for a long time, not just in baseball, but in sports. So there's that factor as well. Amphetamines are different than steroids. There's no strength building that amphetamines allow. 
the I will just say the apologists. The apologists say, well, there's no proof that steroids work. Really? Then why do people take them? Why do bodybuilders take them? If there's no proof they work, there must be at least anecdotal evidence. So let's stop with that. Also, apologists will say, well, the best thing about steroids is that they allow you to maintain heavier workouts because they aid in recovery. That is true. They do. And that's why a lot of times garden variety people like you and me will be given steroids to aid in recovery from injury, illness. It's not quite the same. It's not an an anabolic steroid, but some people are prescribed anabolic steroids to recover from injury and illness. And there's human growth hormone, too. Okay. But that's not what we're talking about here. And it's used because... It, it does both. It does aid in muscle development, and it does aid in recovery so you can go harder the next time, which, by the way, that hard work is not lost on me. That's work put in. Yeah. Barry Bonds had to do work. You don't just inject into your bicep or rub a cream on your legs and the muscles form. You still need to do the work, but they allow you to do the work. They allow you to do more work, which we can have a debate over whether or not that's fair or not. 919-860-5326. But with all of that said, and knowing that Bonds was a steroid user and McGuire and Sosa were both steroid users, it's not even a dispute. Alex Rodriguez, twice twice caught steroid user. Manny Ramirez, twice caught steroid user. The record is 73. I mean, if you choose to denigrate the player, I got no problem with that. Because it is a black mark on the sport that we all know that Bond 73 was... I'm not saying that he hit 73 because he was doing steroids, because I don't know how you prove that. You can't. Right? I just don't know how you prove that. He still had to put bat to ball. So, I just don't know how you say 73 because. Because I will say this. Aaron Judge, had he not slowed down and not homered in each of the last seven games. Aaron Judge is at 61 now. And if he hits a handful more, if it's three more between now and the end of the season, and the total number is 64, that ain't far from 73. So what you're saying is that Judge is this much better than Bonds? Bonds' career high before we think he started using steroids was 47. Right? Back in the 80s, I think it was the early 90s, 1993, I think was the year. Uh, He was a three-time MVP before he got to the Giants or before he started using steroids. And for most people believe, and I think this is the uh, the research has be- uh, kind of bears this out, that Bonds didn't start using until McGuire and Sosa staged that summer to remember. And Bonds, who was the best player in the game at the time, was pissed 
Because, wait, why are these guys getting all the pub? McGuire's it's a one-trick pony. All he is is a home run hitter. Sosa, he ain't that good either, according to Bonds. I think all three should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But, so Bonds just said, you know what? I'm going to do this. Sure. Wasn't against the rules at the time. Well, it was against, that's the misnomer. It was against the rules. If you were found to have used steroids, there was a banishment. You were going to be suspended. And Faye Vince, the commissioner at the time, sent out a um, a letter to all teams. Steroids are still illegal. But there was no drug testing, so there was no provision to suspend and punish players for using. So it became difficult. We don't have to like it. But Barry Bonds is the home run record holder. And that is just the reality. And maybe it's good that baseball has to deal with it. Paul from Durham. Paul, what's going on? Hey, Adam. I'm a longtime listener. Great show. I'm Thank glad you. you're discussing baseball. Yeah, it's with, so listen, we got a good weekend is, ahead, too. Yeah, so listen, there is some data that Bonds might also have been using growth hormones. Because the size of his head, the diameter, and the size of his hands also got larger. Wait, wait. I've never heard about the size of his hands. I don't know that it makes your bones grow. Yes, it does. It makes your bones grow at 36? Can steroids make me taller? I need that, too. Seriously. Like, I don't know that it makes your bones... I don't think it makes your bones grow. Actually, um, uh, we're, lo- we're, we're losing Paul here. Um, oh, are you... Can you oh, now, 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 now we can hear you. The head, because there's muscles around the head. Uh, like, I, again, no, I don't no, know no, if it... It's the actual bones. The bones actually get bigger. I've never heard so, that. What I think is they need... So probably Aaron Judge is going to get the... American League home run record, but probably those guys in the National League, they need some asterisk after their name, stating that this was the era of uh, performance-enhancing Yeah, drugs. but again, I, there's just no quantifiable way. Then you're putting an asterisk on the entire era. You're not putting an asterisk, and by the way, we don't really know when that era started. Uh, but you're Correct. putting an asterisk Correct. on the entire era, not on not on not on individual records. You're just saying that everything from 1986 through nine to 2005, that everything in that 20 year span is tainted, and that means we're tainting a lot. That means we're tainting Jeter. That means we're tainting players like that. And and then we go, well, well, he didn't use. We don't know. And that's my yeah. My, we my, don't know. My we issue with know. all of this is that it's unquantifiable, and there's no way to get around that. Paul, I appreciate your call, man. Take care. Okay, nice talking to you. Good work. Thank Bye. you very much. I had not heard that. Uh, I might need some confirmation that st- anabolic steroid use makes your bones bigger because, like, I could do. Uh, like, I'd love to be five ten. I'm thinking about it now. I'm thinking about 5'10". How, 
Like, how long a cycle do I have to be on to become 5'10"? And where That's do I rub question. it? Do, do I it, say that again? That's a good question. Yeah. I need to know these answers. So do I rub it on my head to get taller? Do I rub it on my feet to get... I need to know. All right, let me go to JP in Wilmington. Uh, JP, what's up? Hey, how's it going, man? It's going well. Um, I, I agree with you, you know, that... Uh, Bonds and Bonds and Sosa and them should be in the Hall of Fame, and I kind of think that this situation now, where it's just a wait and see situation now, how MLB, how the, how they play their cards with it, you know. Well, Ma- they, Major League they, Baseball doesn't control that, you know that. What with the decision, whether or not they're going to honor, uh, whether or not they're going to um, say that that uh, judges has the record now? No. They're, 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 well, that would be a major league decision, I mean, but they're not yeah, They're not taking saying. bonds so out of they, the record book. They say that Aaron Judge has the record. No, they're not. Now, they're, if they would have already we, done that. Th- then we're going to see if they do the asterisks that people are saying. If they don't, then then I think that it's only a matter of time that those guys do make it in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, McGuire and Sosa no longer on the ballot. I think bonds is off the ballot, too. So, uh, <laughs> All right. I kind of swear I saw uh, Barry Bonds was on doing an interview the other day. He might be on with, the ballot for um, one with, more year, but a, I think he and, and he was saying that he's still hopeful that he could get in. Well, no, there's other this there's other avenues, thing. veterans committees, and things like that. All right, uh, I appreciate your call, JP. Yeah. I, if this yeah, no problem. This is a fun conversation. All right, uh, I have I have to take a very good friend of mine is calling in. Uh, my friend Ernie. Ernie, how are Adam. you? How are you? This is Adam, uh, you're talking uh, baseball. We I, we are talking baseball. We're gonna we're gonna talk that basketball is, here in a minute, but we're gonna talk baseball. That's fantastic. No, I just you know I know growth hormones and all that stuff. You know, uh, that should be for old people, not for baseball players. But I was looking at the bracket for the National League, and if my Cardinals win out, uh, either the Phillies or the Brewers in the wild card game, we play the Mets. Or, or the Braves. We're, we're, we no, are, no, no, we are no. not counting any chickens. Mets still have to win the division. Cardinals oh, would. Yeah. Oh, come, come on. Come on, Adam. Yeah, the no, Mets no. are going to win the division. Uh, come on. From from your mouth to Buck Showalter's office uh, at, yeah. at Truist in Atlanta. The Mets need to win. If they can win two of those games, it, I think it's a wrap. Uh, but they I, still have to win those games. Well, you know what? I'm rooting. Well, let me not say anything because when I root for certain teams, they lose. So That's, then know, don't say I anything. Hope your wishes come true. I'm not going to say. Thank you very a much. Word. Okay. All right, Adam. Hey, uh-huh. I love your talking baseball. You can continue talking till uh, the end of the playoffs. I love it. It's it's coming. Thank you very much, Ernie. I'll talk to you soon. So, my friend Brian Geisinger, League Pass Lair, one of our crack NBA analysts. Let me ask this question. Aside from the unreliability of Kyrie Irving, let's just assume Kyrie's in a great mental state and Kyrie is ready to go for 82. Of course, he's going to get injured and miss probably 20, but let's just say he plays 60. Are there 32 players in the NBA better than than Kyrie Irving? No, they're not. And that comes with all of the defensive limitations of Kyrie Irving, too. Uh, The shot-making he brings to the offensive side of the floor is truly special. Like it, he, and he is even among the, amongst the crowd of sort of like lead guard shot creators, initiators in the NBA, in the world, 
he is among the best, among the most artful. Like any of the gripes with Kyrie Irving have nothing to do with, you know, his on-court play. Right. When he's there, he's usually incredibly, incredibly good. Now, he's not like a top 10 player in the world, but he probably falls somewhere from, I don't know, 18 to 30, somewhere in that range. And to be clear, the Zion note you just mentioned, like we can just keep it in the uh, the Duke Brotherhood here. Sure. If he's right, uh, yeah, he's way better than the 40th whatever player. <laughs> <laughs> like He's a top probably 12 to 15 player. At least he was two seasons ago um, in the 2020-2021 season. I am fascinated to see what, what he's going to look like. Uh, let me ask you about a couple. I, I want to ask you about the Hornets, but let me just ask you about a couple of other things uh, real quick. Uh, Steve Nash, the head coach of the Nets still, we all thought that whole thing was going <laughs> to blow up, but he is still the head coach of the Nets. Well, it's fine. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying he's a bad coach because I don't really know. Um, he hasn't really had the full deck of cards that he was that he bought that they bought for uh, for various reasons. Uh, he says he doesn't care if Ben Simmons ever shoots. He's lying, right? I actually kind of think there's at least uh, some kernel of truth to that. It's like they have enough shooting on this roster. With Joe Harris back healthy, Kyrie Irving, obviously Kevin Durant, one of the greatest shooters in the history of basketball, Patty Mills. So there is some shooting on this roster. In fact, quite a good bit of it. And if you have Simmons as your de facto center or the one interior player that's also going to give you some ball handling on offense, then it is okay if he's not shooting from, you know, outside the floater zone or outside the paint. It will become tough, though, if there are going to be some lineups for Brooklyn that include both Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton. Like, they're they're probably not going to be able to close games with those guys if Simmons continues to be just, like, a net negative in terms of his shooting output. But at this point, uh, Gold, considering the fact that Simmons hasn't played an, an NBA game in, I mean, we're getting close to 18 months now. Yeah. I think at this point, you're just hoping that he can get on and get, you know, can he be 80, 90% of, he was all NBA in 2020. Right. <laughs> He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the world. So I think that's really what you're hoping is the rim pressure in the perimeter defense. And if he can give you some screen and roll playmaking, you live with that. Any shooting on top of it is gravy. It will create issues for them in some of their lineups, though, the lack of shooting with Simmons yeah. and, and likely Nick Claxton. And to, the way I look at it, and you, we, we have had many conversations about my view of Ben Simmons and whether I'm right or not. <laughs> And yeah. it, I believe that if you are going to be um, part of a big three with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and maybe we don't need three anymore. Maybe it's just two and everybody else is complimentary. That that would be a fair response to that. But if you're going to be playing heavy minutes for a team that is that has designs on winning an NBA championship, and I'm not sure that there's a more talented team than the Brooklyn Nets when it's all said and done. But if you're going to be on that court for 35 to 40 minutes a night, especially in the playoffs, if you are an unwilling shooter, then you're playing four on five offensively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge concern. I do think the, the sort of like the brilliance and the shot making of Durant and Irving helps offset that a little bit. Who knows? Maybe, let fingers crossed TJ Warren is healthy this year for them. And you've got another sort of like bucket getter on the mm-hmm. perimeter that can score at a bunch of different levels. Harris, um, the, right? Harris, and there's actually some, you know, maybe Dayron sharp takes a step forward at the, in the center rotation. He probably will. You've got, got to remember, we got Alondis Williams on a, on a two way contract yeah. with Brooklyn too. So there's some fun 
uh, Tobacco Road connections with, between <laughs> Brooklyn, and uh, it's not just the ACC tournament that takes place <laughs> at, uh, at, at Barclays Center. They, they, they've been scouting the ACC um, as well, clearly. But but I do think the main thing is it's the the playmaking, the connecting, the Simmons in transition where he has say what you will about him. He's always as limited as he is in the half court. In those, he gets he technically usually gets sort of like fades as the playoffs go along when he is on postseason teams. Um, but the transition game has always been there. The defense has always mm-hmm. been there. And I think if Brooklyn can just, if they can land in the ground of being a competent playoff team that gets pretty good production out of Ben Simmons, it's maybe still falling short of where you would imagine a big three of Kyrie, Durant, and Simmons could have landed you in, you know, say 2019 or 2018 or something like that. But given what the last couple of years have been like for Brooklyn, I think you would I think you would actually be pretty happy with that, especially after this type of offseason. The one thing I do want to say about Simmons, and I think this gets lost in some of the Simmons at center discourse, is that, yes, it's good. it makes sense offensively for him to play center. And certainly he can guard some centers and some power forwards in the NBA, he can pretty much guard every position type. But what Simmons does best is not protect the rim defensively. Right. His best stuff is guarding 28 feet from the rim. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people keep saying are going to keep falling back on Simmons at five. That's Brooklyn's best lineup. And mm-hmm. I agree. But it is not like a um, – defensively, You Simmons may be in some situations that are sort of where he's uh, – you know, not optimized necessarily. So I, I do think that's one other thing to consider uh, as this Brooklyn team goes forward. All right, Celtics have had a tumultuous last few weeks. Uh, Ime Udoka, one of the best coaches in the league, is certainly in the second half of last year as Boston, uh, you know, went bananas and ended up in the NBA Finals. So he's gone for the year, may never return. Uh, what is that impact? Oh, man, it's tough to say. Like, I think it's one of those things where I think this team has enough on paper if healthy and if um, which at this point isn't even an if cause they're, they're decidedly not healthy, but where they could just say like, okay, we've got the infrastructure in place. We've got, you know, we're returning our top eight from a season ago on the team that had the best net rating in the league and came within, you know, a couple of buckets basically of, of beating Steph Curry in the NBA finals. Like we're good, let's go. Um, and something like this could be, weathered at least in, in in terms of the locker room like you know it's one of those things i'm sure you've talked about this on your show it's tough to sort of like address the situation with udoka because there is so much unknown still right and so i do try to tread a little bit lightly all around those types of things but if we're just talking about like the on-court play it's like i think they could i think they for the most part they can't handle it what i worry about gold is the injury to robert williams who is right. a defensive all defensive team defensive player of the year type candidate a total game changer with what he does defensively how the celtics deploy him defensively he's going to miss the next couple of months can al horford at age 30 whatever give you mm-hmm. another type of season like that like they really leaned on him pretty heavily last year and now you've got danilo gallinari who's going to miss the entire season with an yeah. acl injury so get ready to see Sam Hauser get minutes for formerly of Virginia. Get ready to see Luke Cornett get minutes. Those are the things I worry about elite again, in terms of like what's happening on the court, then in terms of, as opposed to, you know, how's this team going to respond to Joe Missoula, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think you certainly miss someone like Yudoka because I do think coaching does matter to an extent. It's tough to measure how much it does. So therefore, it's sort of tough to answer a question like this. How many wins is it going to cost them? 
I'm not entirely sure. What I do worry about more, though, is this hanging over the top of a team that's now dealing with injuries to some of its key and best players. Joe Mazzula, by the way, is I think a jazz guitarist. I've got uh, I've got a couple <laughs> of his albums somewhere in the attic. Uh, final thing for Brian Geisinger, you can follow him on Twitter at bgeis underscore bird, league pass layer, our NBA analyst. Uh, so the Hornets went back to the future. Steve Clifford is the uh, is the head coach. I like. I thought Steve Clifford was a good coach when he was here, but I also didn't mind uh, the guy they just had. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, where is this organization right now? Are they kind of like floating oh. out there, sort of without a rudder, or are they in? Are they kind of pointed in the right direction? Yeah, Gold, we don't have enough time to get into every single aspect of it. Uh, we'll save those. We'll save maybe some of those conversations fully for off air. But right now, I do think, look, Steve Clifford is a good head coach. Um, James Borrego, the former coach, was him. a good head coach. Yeah. yeah. And, and let's not forget that last September, literally 12 months ago, James Borrego received a contract extension. <laughs> um, and nine months later, six months later, he was, he was gone after another sort of disappointing uh, result in the play-in game. Um, it's tough to say that this team really has a direction other than theoretically build it up around Lamella Ball. So it, there is still some tentpole here, right? Like you have a guy that just turned 21. He's probably a top 30, 40 player in the NBA. He's getting better. And he's made his first all-star roster at age 20. So it's like you're not completely in the dark, right? Mm. You're not wandering the wilderness of the NBA like they were in the years before Lamello uh, land, landed in Charlotte. But you're looking around at the roster right now, and it, look, especially after the you know, the crimes that Miles Bridges committed <laughs> this offseason, yeah. th- there's really there really isn't another active young superstar um, that's on this roster currently. There's some good young players, like I like PJ Washington a lot. I think he has the chance to have a big season. Mark Williams is going to be a good player, but like they traded away the 13th pick couple months ago at the draft, Jalen Duran to Detroit so they could dump salary, theoretically max out Miles Bridges. And right. then that 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 went, you know, that got blown up a couple of nights later. So does this team have a direction? I think yes, to an extent, because LaMelo Ball is one of the best young basketball players in the world. And I think Mitch Kupchak has uh is like a solid gm and there are some good young players on this roster we'll see what james book does this year we'll see about kai jones we'll see about jt thor uh cody martin just got an extension so the cupboard's not completely bare but this is going to be one of the worst teams in the eastern conference Mm. uh this season and it just sort of depends on do they bottom out and get a top whatever pick and maybe have a shot at getting scoot henderson or victor Wembenyama. Or do they end up, as always, between picks 8 and 12? <laughs> right. You know, which is just like, seems like that's where they're headed for once again this year. It's amazing. Like, that. aside from the LaMelo pick, they always end up in that range. Yep. Um, so is there a direction? Theoretically, yes. But I do think at some point they're going to have to be a little bit more firm about, are they building up for now around LaMelo or long-term around LaMelo, um, and then go from there. Because they do need to add more good young players around this guy if they're actually going to do this thing right. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I don't have as much faith as you do, maybe, in some of the people down there to, that they're going to do this thing right. Brian Geisinger, at bgeis underscore bird on Twitter. League Pass Lair, my friend, good to talk to you again. We'll, we will do it again soon. 
Sounds good. You guys be good. You got it. All right, let's uh, let's do halftime. Then we got to place bets. I know. I'm excited. I won one yesterday. <laughs> yes, go Adam. All right, well, I'll kick things off. As we know, I've been playing some Coolio music today yes. because, unfortunately, he did pass away yesterday. At 59, um, they said he was at a friend's house in their bathroom. Still don't know what happened, but could have been a heart attack. So that's the latest mm. thing. Sorry to hear that, R.I.P. Coolio, but we are playing your music today. That's it. The quick one for that one. Okay, today, though, is, on to a lighter note, National Coffee Day. And we know we both like coffee. And there are actually some places where you can get some free coffee. Or at least when you buy something. Yes. So in our area, Dunkin', of course, Krispy Kreme. I was surprised at these two. Burger King and Wendy's. I didn't even realize that they sold coffee. I don't know if I want to try that. Thanks. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, I'm if you want to sure go get a burger and then got coffee. great coffee <laughs> at Burger King yeah. and Wendy's. But I think I'll stick with Frosties. I'm not going there. No, no. Well, I'm not going there either, anyway, but I'm not going. I might get a cup of coffee. Is there a Burger King around here? No. That's no. never been a phrase. <laughs> no. I need some so. coffee. Let's go to Burger uh, but King. But I say the same thing. I know people rave about McDonald's coffee, and I'm not saying it's. I'm not cr- criticizing it. It's never hit me that way. No. So if I need a cup of coffee, uh, it's not where I'm going. Yeah. Although they have good drive throughs Yes, exactly. Well, a lot of people will pick Dunkin' over Starbucks, which, by the way, Starbucks is not doing anything for today. No. Who is dropping the ball there? They, they probably don't <laughs> call it coffee. They probably they just they call it Starbucks. Right. They just use fancy terms. Um, I like both. Yes. Personally, I like both Starbucks and Dunkin'. They are very different. Mm-hmm. Incredibly different. And, I mean, I would be able to tell you if, a, if coffee was from Dunkin' Donuts in a second. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That absolutely. fast. I, no, I, I like Dunkin' Donuts. I kind of grew up in the Northeast, so okay, yeah, makes I grew sense. up with Dunkin' Donuts. Not that I was drinking a lot of coffee when I was 13, but... <laughs> True. Well, you we never know. See, and I uh, I like my coffee looking like chocolate milk, so for me, if it's got stuff in it, like, I'm good either way. It's fine. So, I'll take wow. it. <laughs> I know. Really? True story. I can't do, like, just straight black coffee. One of these days, Depending maybe. on the coffee, I will do... Uh, I'll drink it black or... I need sometimes I will use a little bit of cream, but okay. Um, I Simple. don't. I no longer put sugar in coffee. Now, iced coffee is a different s- story. Yes. If if we're t- if we're putting ice in it, then it, it needs to have some level of sweetness. Yes. Doesn't have to be a lot, but it has to have some. I don't understand uh, iced coffee that isn't. No. Sweet. No. I just have a Diet Coke. Right. Yeah. Why even go there? Exactly. Speaking of coffee, on the same lines, you apparently live longer if you're a coffee drinker. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, plus it's got antioxidants and all that stuff. But yes, it says if you drink about two to three cups a day, which I kind of thought might be a lot. Three cups, but no, it's good. So anybody. Well, they're probably talking about six or eight ounce cups. Right. Kind of like my wine glass. Yeah, it's exactly. a lot bigger. We've had that, com- we've <laughs> yeah. had that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't have all the sugar either. So on to the next coffee thing. This sort of, this, okay, this really is really is weird. National Coffee Day. It is. This is insane, though. It has nothing to do with coffee. So if you are thinking of getting engaged and your girlfriend is really big into pumpkin spice lattes, wait for it. 
they have made a ring don't that replicates pumpkin spice lattes i am not making this up it actually looks like it they have whipped cream shaped center diamonds surrounded by white diamonds and orange sapphires are encased along the side of it i'm not joking i'm looking at this thing right now i would never want this but i'm sure there's something for everyone and this will run you about 11 grand though for this ring really a pumpkin spiced latte ring not something i I mean even more reason to not get it i know i could you imagine though if someone bought it for their girlfriend and the girlfriend really didn't want that ring and you're like here honey i love you let's get married and then you have this pumpkin spice latte ring let's not let's Let's not. No. Yeah. Keep your keep your 11 grand. And last thing. So you might be feeling this, especially in the middle of the week. The average American spends about 10 years of their life in autopilot mode. Now, okay. I had to look into this, like what exactly they mean. It's basically just when you get into ruts, routines, rituals, and you just kind of go through the motions. Me, I drive forever because I also live in Canada. So, okay, you know, I, I guess that could be it. But yeah, it basically says that we spend about 1,400 hours each year, 27 hours a week, almost four hours a day, just in autopilot mode. So, with that, it's National Coffee Day. Go get your coffee, get your caffeine, and, like, let's do a new hobby today. <laughs> how, how often do you miss the exit you are intending to get off, let's just say, the belt line? Uh-huh. Uh, or if you're on 40, how often do you miss an exit? Uh, not often. Okay. Not Which I don't have to take a lot of exits. I just have to drive straight forever. Right. Okay. I, me, me, me too. Yeah. I don't, I, well, I shouldn't say I don't miss a lot of exits. I do. <laughs> um, miss too many. I don't know if it's a lot, but I miss too many. But I will often go past where I intend to turn. Okay. Because, as you say, autopilot. Yep. Sometimes my brain is thinking about other things. Yes. And I'm driving. Uh-huh. And I'm paying attention to what I'm doing, but I'm not paying attention to the point where I'm not also thinking about something else. <laughs> and, and so my son will go, hey, Dad. Weren't you supposed to turn there? Uh-huh. And I will go, yes. I was. I was. Thank, Thank you, you for very noticing. Much. Yes, you you're thinking for... two steps ahead. Now you're two steps behind. So now <laughs> I'll turn right here, and then we'll circle around. Now, if I have to get gas, yes, 100%, I will forget. And I'm like, oh, man, i got to go back now. And get... Yeah. Because I hate having to stop and get gas on the way home. Gosh. One of those things. I, I, I don't like to... Who, 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 likes, who, who likes, likes to get gas anytime? Who likes it? Maybe if you're stopping to get coffee, then you have something to look forward to. But no, I didn't. Mm-mm. In the Northeast, the 7-Eleven coffee wasn't terrible. Oh, okay. Well, wasn't awful. We have 7-Elevens down here now, you know. There, I know there's one at the beach. There's yeah. one in Carolina Beach. They just opened a couple of them here uh, around Capitol Boulevard, I think. Lewis really? Road. Yep. A 7-Eleven? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, there is a 7-Eleven on... Um, Hillsborough yeah. Street, I think. Yep. They're popping up. Oh, look at that. There you go. You can get your 7-Eleven coffee <laughs> and really Slurpee. Uh, it's Slurpees. <laughs> Gosh. I, it's, it's been 50 years since I've had a Slurpee. This is the Adam Gold Show.
Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medications secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.